This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camino. Are you ready for the Decibel Geek Podcast? I am Aaron Camaro. There's Chris Sinzak. You like that? Boo. <laughs> no booing. Oh, man. We're doing it live. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Live to digital. Yeah. Top five live acts. That'll be interesting today. This will be uh, one of those where it's it's totally opinion. Yeah, totally. And we're probably wrong. No, nah, we're, we're right to ourselves. We're right to ourselves. I'm sure we'll disagree. To everybody else will probably be wrong. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe, no. we, maybe we nailed it today. Picking five is pretty damn hard. That is pretty hard. But that's what we're going to do today. Yes. But of course, before we get to all that, we got to take care of our business. Let me open this up here. You know how we do it. iTunes reviews, Facebook recommendations, Podchaser reviews, however, whatever. We'll take it all. So let's see what we got here today. Oh, what? Really? Yep. None? Nope. Donuts. No pod chaser? No iTunes? No nothing? Not a damn thing this week. Oh, man. Well, let's get out of here then. Yeah. All right. That's been the Decibel Geek Podcast. The show. <laughs> no really, reviews, no, no show. That's what? how we should do it. Then the, that's it. And be like, why is the Decibel Geek Podcast only three minutes this week? No. <laughs> you asked for it, folks. We're on strike. But yeah, no, guys, listen. The There's a lot of you that listen to the show, and the, the numbers of downloads we get does not equal, even come close to the numbers of reviews we have on these platforms. So let's get it together. Please. Please. We need these. Some it's, people out there right now are like, oh, thank God, they're not going to yeah, no waste shit. all our time at the top of the show. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it's no fun seeing Aaron Camaro cry, so let's, uh, don't don't start. Ah, uh, it's one week. We'll be all right. Sponsored by Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun last week when we had iTunes reviews. Yeah, we did. No, but that's all right. We did uh, the return of Camaro's cutout bin. Yep. That was fun, huh? Yeah. Saw some cool responses on yeah, there. Yeah, people liked it. Some people actually heard of Deep Jimmy and the uh, Zep Creams. Yeah. And Czar. Yeah, Czar seemed to be the one that got the most response from people. Nobody knows who Diamond Dog is. No. Nobody. No, or Detroit. But some people dug them. Oh, yeah. Which I, was I, cool. I don't think we had any negative feedback. Everybody liked it. That's cool, so man. That's cool. I like it, too. It's a lot of fun. You have to do it again uh, eight years from now, right? Yeah, about eight years. Eight years yeah. okay. Every eight years, it's like a comet. Okay. <laughs> Camaro's <laughs> Comet. <laughs> Every eight years. All right. Oh, man. But we sure do love the people that shared and retweeted last week's episode, Camaro's Cutout Bin Part 2. And uh, those people, they're honorary. Honorary Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Simon Cat, Todd Cunningham, Jason Smith, Growing Up Rock Podcast, David Cathy, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Ken J. West, who's a new Decibel Geek VIP on Patreon. Thank Heck you, Ken. Yeah. Trevor McDougal, Matt Ashcraft, Kevin Williams, Paul Kane, Steve Wright, Rock and Ron Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Nate Atchison, Wayne Cross, Ray Coon, Kristen Schimbeck, Joseph Capone, Shane Abair, Brad Brant Cattell, Mikhail Burrell, Sean Cullen, Rodney Dixon, Rob in the Hood, Sammy A., Ernesto Aguiar, Twisted Kister, 
Christopher Stokes, Eladio, and of course, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people. They shared last week's episode. They retweeted it and got the word out there about what we're doing here on the Decibel Geek Podcast because, you know, we really need some reviews. Yes. In the worst <laughs> so, way. So keep sharing and retweeting. And if you've shared this week's episode, you become Honorary Geek of the Week next week. Yep, that's how it works. As a matter of fact, you know, here's something cool you can do, you mm-hmm. know, because we we love our Facebook page a lot. Yeah. You know, we got cool people over there posting stuff all the time. There's Adam great Cox. conversations happening on there. Adam Cox is awesome. He runs it for us. He makes it happen. Put some funny stuff on there, some cool stuff on mm-hmm. there, some news stuff on there. You never know what you're going to find on there. But what one thing you can do to help us, if you notice on that page, you scroll down just a little bit, and there's a little thing on there that says invite friends. Mm-hmm. And if you have friends that are rock and rollers, take a minute and just because it, it'll bring up all your friends, and you just scroll on through and be like, oh, that guy would love this. Oh, she'd love this. Oh, he's got to check this out. And just go through and check mark it. When you're done, say you're done, and then it sends out a request for all your cool friends. Mm-hmm. To come like what you're doing here with us on the Decibel Geek Facebook page. Let them know. Do that. Okay, so you ready to get into this? We were a little top heavy last week, so let's yeah. save the uh, the rock and pod update till the middle break. We'll yeah. do that after hmm, pick seventeen. Okay, because this is where this all started from. I had a little thing pop up on the Facebook. You guys know how it is. You're just scrolling through Facebook, minding your own business. All of a sudden, these news articles and stuff start popping up at you. And I found one that was entitled "The Top Live Bands of All Time," mm. and I was like, "Well, surely I know who's going to be at the top of this list." And so I open it up and look because it's like, well, you know, it's from thedelight.com, and I'm not sure what that is, so maybe not. Big connoisseurs of hard rock. And but it's all, it's all rock stuff on here. So, okay. so they put together, they went to uh, ranker.com mm-hmm. and took the top 30 bands that people from all over the world have voted on as the top 30 bands of all time. Now, Chris and I have each picked our top five, what we think are the top five live bands of all time. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe we'd just go down this list, look at where they rank these bands, what they talk about about them, okay. give our own thoughts about them, and then decide higher or lower. Is this band too high? Are they too low? Or are they just right? All right. All right. So you ready to do this? Yeah, cool. All right. So let's kick it off like this. At number 30, according to Delight.com, of the top bands live of of all time is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm. Now, here's what they say. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers toured the world right up till lead singer Tom Petty died suddenly in 2017 at the age of 66. The band's final tour, which celebrated their 40th anniversary, concluded with three nights at the Hollywood Bowl. Right. The set list included rarely played tracks such as Rockin' Around With You, which was the first track from their 1976 debut album, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and that hadn't been performed live since 1983. Hmm. What do you think, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Um, I, I love them. Um, I do, too. I've seen them live. I saw them in the 94, 95 yeah. at Starwood. Nice. And great show. What uh-huh. I remember of it, a lot of, lot of weed smoke. <laughs> um, it is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Entertaining. Um, and I'm, you know, I've watched a lot of live clips of them. They deserve to be on the list. Uh, I, would rank, I would probably rank them higher than that. Yeah? See, I don't know. I mean, Tom Petty, he's an icon. Uh, the songs are a part of music history. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt that this is rock and roll. You know, I love it. But to me, I don't know if anything really stands out about their live performances to put them in, in the top 30. Like, mm-hmm. for me, it would be like, okay, you know, here's a band that's got 
like you go see Tom Petty and you have a great time because all the songs are awesome. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so for me personally, I could say, you know, Ugly Kid Joe is one of the greatest live bands of all time because when I go to their concerts, mm-hmm. I love all the songs. Right. You know, so that don't really fly yeah, for me. Very subjective. Exactly. So I'm going to say Tom Petty lower. You wouldn't put them in the top 30. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There's other ones on this They're list, I'm pick. sure, yeah, that like Tom Petty's better than. They're a good band, though. Okay, that's number 30. So let's go to 29. Mm-hmm. Number 29, in 1983, four years before battling nerves to promote his debut album, For You, in front of only a few hundred people, Prince strutted his stuff on stage with James Brown and Michael Jackson. According to Time Magazine, the 25-year-old Prince was the star of the show. Over the next 20 years, he enthralled audiences with his erotically charged performances, and his 2007 appearance at the Miami Dolphins Stadium mm. remains one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. It's the best, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no denying that. Prince is, is the best. Yeah. Only because Kiss didn't get to play in 97 <laughs> like they should have. Right. But yeah, Prince. I mean, what do you think? I and That's another at one. At 29. I, I would rank him higher than 29. Yeah, yeah, I think I might give Prince a little higher than 29, yeah. too, because, I mean, there's a whole lot of theatrics that goes along with that. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not the biggest Prince fan as far as all his music. No, there, there's some Prince stuff that I absolutely love, Yeah, like the stuff with guitars. He's a But he's a big crossover guy. Like, I know a lot of rock guys that love Prince. So, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I've seen several clips of him live. And, no, he a lot of energy, yeah. puts on a show, great player. Definitely can put the crowd in the palm of his hand. Um, Definitely always has a good band with him. Yeah, I mean, and I isn't would, afraid to put in a little theatrics into the show too. And the, his stage shows were always pretty yeah. damn exciting. He, yeah, now you're making me rethink things. But yeah, he definitely would deserve to be higher than 29. Yeah, I think so too. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go higher with Prince. All right. All right. That brings us to number 28 on this list. Elvis Presley, <laughs> the king. He certainly was the king of performing. Starting with his first Memphis show in 1954, he toured constantly, entertaining millions of people all over the world. His final gig was in Indianapolis on June 26, 1977, only six weeks before he died. As he often did, he closed the show with his 1961 hit, Can't Help Falling in Love. And Presley's gigs also made history. One of the most notable concerts, Elvis's Aloha from Hawaii, was the first live show by a solo artist to be beamed worldwide by satellite. Right. The King. You can't really deny the King, especially for his time. I you mean, know, the <clears throat> stu- stuff he was doing, he was a one-man show. He had the band behind him, but they mm-hmm. were just kind of players. But he was the star. You know, women would go crazy for him. Yeah. Dudes all wanted to be him. He's up there shaking his hips and doing kind of sexual mm-hmm. things before that was even a thing. And then karate kicks later on. And then karate kicks. And a jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to have that. I mean, I I have to kind of plead ignorance on this. I haven't watched a ton of Elvis footage, but... But you know of the legend of the king. You you can't take away his place in history. Um, I guess he deserves to be on the list. I'd probably leave him around where he is. Yeah? But like I said, I'm pleading ignorance. I'm no expert on Elvis. No, and I'm not either, but I think based on the fact that he's Elvis freaking Presley, you know, and was doing stuff like this way before. Like, I don't know if before Elvis there was really... Like a stage show, or if people thought about, you know, how good is this band live, or mm-hmm. how how good is this guy live? You know, I guess you get some Frank Sinatra and stuff in mm-hmm. there, but I mean, Elvis was the first of a lot of things in rock and roll. But per- for performance, I'd probably take Jerry Lee Lewis over Elvis, just because I think it'd be a better 
it'd be a more fun show, but that's just me. Mm-mm. No? no way. You take Elvis over Jerry Lee? Yeah, Jerry Lee's jumpsuits weren't nothing <laughs> compared to the king. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they destroy a piano live on stage. That's true. <laughs> but Elvis Presley yeah. destroyed a million young I, hearts. So far, I've, I'm not like pissed off that any of these groups are on the No, list me neither. For a top 30. So far. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I put Elvis higher. All right. All right, that brings us up to 27. This is a good one. I like this. Probably a little higher on this one for me, but not only one of the best live bands of all time, Deep Purple is up there with the loudest. They were even listed in the Guinness Book of World Records as the Globe's loudest band for a 1972 concert at London's Rainbow Theater, which reportedly rendered three fans unconscious. The pure decibel power of Deep (laughs) Purple. Since their formation in 1968, Deep Purple have toured the world in various lineups to promote their 20th solo album, Infinite. The band embarked on a 2017 Long Goodbye Tour, which drummer Ian Pace suggests would be their last. Yeah, but they're still doing it. But they're still... Well, that's what's the long goodbye. Oh, okay. It's like like the end of the road. Yeah, they're going to stretch it out. Why not? Uh, hmm. Deep Purple at 27. Hmm. When I consider Deep Purple, I think of the longevity of it and the different eras of the band and the fact that they're still going today. I mean, I got to imagine seeing a Deep Purple concert today on this Infinite Tour has got to be pretty mind-blowing in itself. That's not what I've heard. No? Well, they did. um, I don't know if it's part of this Infinite Tour, but they recently toured with Judas Priest. Yeah. And they were the closer. And from everything I've heard... Like Priest would end, and Deep Purple would play one or two songs, and most of the crowd was leaving. Oh. Essentially, overall, the reviews are they're boring live. There's, they just well, they don't really. I mean, they're old men, but I mean that's what having Priest open for you gets. You, I would you have know? switched that order because right. I mean, Priest has so much energy, and still. you got to think about it. You know, if the Priest fans are there and they're getting up it there in age, connection. What are the Deep Purple fans doing? They're real old. Yeah. They should be in bed by the time Priest hits the stage in the nursing home. Um, for Deep Purple, though, I'm not. As I've mentioned before, I'm not a giant fan of Ian Gillen's voice. I don't. I've never really liked it. Yeah. I that doesn't take away from some of the great songs they've done. I mean, you can't take "Smoke on the Water" is an iconic song. But if I'm if I'm into Deep Purple, I'm into the uh, Coverdale Glenn Hughes era. Yeah. Like the Burn album. See, I like it all, but that's, I love that. Too. That's the era that hits the sweet spot for me. I don't know. I'm just not a giant fan. I this is one band where I don't know that I would put them on the list. Really? Yeah, I don't. I'm just not a big fan. I think they're pretty good at 27. <clears throat> eh, I respect them, but yeah. All right. We should have done our own top 30. So have we hit any of your picks yet? No, not yet. No, okay. So mm-hmm. we're still working down until we... So our picks I still mean, our have picks a chance are, of being right up there. All our picks, I think, are decibel geek friendly, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, here's one that's not really. Okay. The Eagles disbanded in 1980, but reunited for the 1994 album Hell Freezes Over mm-hmm. and have toured consistently since then. After singer and guitarist Glenn Fry died in January of 2016, drummer Don Henley said he didn't think the band would perform again but in 2017 and 2018 they played sellout gigs with musicians vince gill and fry's son deacon to rave reviews deacon looks exactly like his dad does he yeah yeah long his dad from the 70s although deacon cannot sing nearly as well as his father yeah, I'm probably 25, 75. I like 25% of oh, really? the Eagles songs, I, I think. I like more than that, but um, 
this is one of those cases where, similar to the to Petty, Tom Petty was just so cool. I think that's why he made the list, but because um, yeah. he just he would he just kind of oozed rock and roll. Totally. The Eagles, I think you you almost have to put them in there just for their musicianship and their songwriting. I don't. Are know they that, really a mind blowing? I don't stage know that show, they've though. ever done a giant big huge stage. I never saw them, but. Um, no, nah, I mean, they might make my list purely on how good the songs are and how good they sound. Yeah. Because, like, you're not going to hear better harmony vocals than with the Eagles. They've always had that as their calling card. But I don't I don't know. They they certainly didn't make my list. Lower than 26? Um, I'd probably put them right where they're at. Yeah. yeah. I'd drop them down. I think 26 is too high for the Eagles. You think? I think so. I mean, I just don't think I of... would certainly put Prince above the Eagles. Yeah, as far definitely. As, as far as a live act. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because we got to remember... This is not just about their songs. This is about their, their concerts. Right. So, All right. So far, so good. Here's number 25. In addition to several global stadium tours, the Foo Fighters have headlined music festivals, played intimate gigs, and even played a crowdfunding concert in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. The band members themselves considered their 2008 gig at London's Wembley Arena to be one of their most memorable. Lead singer Dave Grohl told NME... That was huge for me because we never imagined we would get to the point we could do something like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm not the biggest Foo Fighters fan around. Yeah. But they do, from the videos and stuff I've seen, they, they got a pretty cool stage show. From from what I know and what I've seen of them, and I did see them live. I saw them, what year? I don't remember what. It was like their second album, maybe the first album. They played a festival show here in Nashville. It was like them and like 20 other bands. And uh, and Hole was on the bill, which that was kind of funny. Because like, oh God, is Dave and Courtney going to get into it? Um, fight, fight, right. fight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they were great. I mean, they were really energetic. Um, I've never been a giant fan of the songs. But I will say everything I know about them from their live shows, they fucking bust their asses. Yeah. They'll do like three-hour shows. They'll play all the songs that you want to hear from them and a bunch of cover songs. They true. I mean, they're kind of like the equivalent of Bruce Springsteen in rock and roll, like yeah. they're in hard rock. So, just for their sweat equity alone, I would probably put them even higher than that. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they set a pretty high bar with their performances. That's true, and even when he had a broken leg, yeah, I mean they that chair was awesome. They're road warriors. I will give them credit. like their stage setup got even better when he broke his leg because right. then he had that awesome chair to yeah. ride around. And then he loaned it to Axl Rose. That's right. Yep. <laughs> That's wild. I think 25 is pretty good for the Foo Fighters. All right, let's go to 24. One of the most legendary gigs in the history of the Allman Brothers Band took place on March 13, 1971 at Fillmore East Theater in New York. The band gave the audience nearly 23 minutes of whipping post, <laughs> the last song on the band's first album and a staple of their live shows. Three months later, the Allman Brothers Band returned to the Fillmore East to give the venue a memorable send-off before it closed its doors for the last time, playing until dawn. Hmm. I mean, the Allman Brothers Band, I mean, if you're a hippie, that's <laughs> that sounds awesome. You know, yeah. you're just going to go there, and they're just going to jam and jam and jam yeah. and jam. Uh, I, they, they probably wouldn't make my list. I mean, no, I, I, respect, I, don't think I respect so either. their place in, in history. But, totally. And my mother actually saw them before they were the Almond Brothers. Really? Yeah. My parents had just gotten married. This is 1969, I think. And they were living in uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And that's where they're from. Or they're from Florida. 
and they went they went to just this beachside bar and a band called the Almond Joys was playing. Oh wow. And it was the Almond Brothers before That's they wild. were the Almond Brothers. But I'm not And they played till dawn. Yeah. I mean it's just it's just too jam bandy for me. Um I like a handful of songs and Dickie Betts is a great player, but Oh yeah. But uh just not a giant fan. Yeah, I don't see them on my list no. as the greatest live bands of all time. No. But here's one that definitely would be up towards the top of mine and I think is way low on this list. Okay. Rock legend Jimi Hendrix recorded three hit albums with the Jimi Hendrix Experience. One of the band's most electrifying shows was at the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival, kicking off the first U.S. tour for the band. They played hits like Hey Joe and Purple Haze, and at the end of their performance, after his rendition of Wild Thing, Jimi Hendrix poured lighter fluid over his black Fender Stratocaster, setting it on fire. Yep. That alone, I think. True innovator. I mean, totally. Yeah, very unique. Nobody's, nobody has ever been like him. No, and I guess never will be no. ever again. I mean, no. it's impossible to recreate yeah. that in the world that we live in. No, and, and for the time, he was doing completely revolutionary stuff. Yeah. He, even not just playing, but like stage show-wise. Setting your fucking guitar on fire? Nobody right. even thought no. of doing that. No, and I mean, the the photograph of it, oh, it's it legendary. lives on throughout history. Like yep. people think of Jimi Hendrix. That's one of the first images you get in your head. <laughs> you know, I got to imagine, you know, obviously I was not old enough to go see the Jimi Hendrix experience, right. but I got to imagine that was one hell of a concert. Yeah. You know, from beginning to end, just to experience it, whether he's playing songs or he's just rocking out, mm-hmm. you know, jamming, doing whatever. He should be in at least in the top 20, maybe the top 15. In my opinion, I think so too. Yeah, I, I think twenty three is way too low for the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah, sure. All right, let the outrage begin. Okay, what's going to piss me off? This is one that's on my list. I'm certain it's on your list. I'm certain it's well. We both know it's higher than twenty two. Okay. Outrage. Who is it? You ready for this? Yeah. Alice Cooper's oh. live shows, <laughs> known for their theatrical <laughs> element. Bring his tracks to life. Mm. Described as a shock rock anti-hero, Cooper delighted British audiences in 2017 when he reunited with his original band for his first UK tour in five years. The band quit at the peak when they were reportedly growing tired of the of the singer's operatic tendencies. I don't know what that means. Okay. Today, at the age of 71, Cooper shows no signs of slowing down. Let the outrage begin. He's my number two. He's my number two also. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely, Alice Cooper is number two. I mean, look back. I mean, no, if man, you're, you're taking his whole career, which is massive, you know, from the very beginning when they were weird hippie band. Yeah. They were doing weird stuff back then, you know, stuff that was more than just going and seeing a band. You oh, know? yeah. In the very beginning, I think it was to cover up that the band really sucked. Yeah. And then after a while, it became so intergrained into what they were. Yeah. You know, Alice Cooper himself, the name, the everything, the persona, that's all a gimmick, you know, and it's it, it just plays out on the stage show, and that's where the magic and and the legacy and the legend of Alice Cooper begins yeah. of people seeing him live. Oh my God, he's ripping the heads off of chickens and drinking their blood <laughs> and doing their sake of sacrifice and Satan. You can and thank Chef making, Gordon for a making lot of love that. to snakes yeah. and you know all these crazy things that make Alice Cooper scary and dangerous. You know, and makes it a spectacle that you you go see and you think. 
wow, what's going to happen? You know, the, mm-hmm. the possibilities are endless because we're going and seeing Alice Cooper tonight. You know, and that's way back in the day. Yeah, and, and it's still that way. And nowadays, it's, I mean, yeah, it's not dangerous not anymore. Not dangerous, but you... But exciting you, and fun. You cannot go to an Alice Cooper show and not have fun. No. It's uh-uh. impossible. I've seen Alice Cooper a bunch of times here recently. Yeah. You know, me and my buddy Tommy went and seen him when he came through with uh, Wednesday 13 mm-hmm. and Rob Zombie. Right. And even when it was split up and it wasn't like his full length show, yeah. it was badass. I mean, he's got the big monster robot out yeah. there and all that cool stuff, you know, and it's just amazing. And then when we seen him at the T-Pack, oh, wow. holy shit, was that amazing. Yeah. It was awesome. It was just, there wasn't all the theatrics and stuff that you normally expect with that Alice Cooper show. Yeah, there was some there, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like all the giant stuff. Mm -hmm. It was more like the band and the songs, but there was still like, he's a character up on stage, you know, and and he's doing wardrobe changes and all these things. And it becomes, oh man, these songs are so good, Mm -hmm. but you're just not just feasting your ears, you're feasting your eyes as well, you know? Yeah. Alice Cooper at number twenty-two. No. Give me a break. Yeah, not no. He's he deserves way better than that. I mean, he's. I don't think he's ever done a bad concert. I, I mean, every he because he works his ass off preparing it for every tour, and every tour he changes it up a little bit. And there was no tour for Dada. Well, no. <laughs> so that's why he knew. You he know? toured a rehab I, facility. I can't, for Dada, Dada. I can't put on a bad concert, so we're not touring on this yeah. album. But he, I, come on, man. I mean the. Another innovator, man. No, you know, so many people have borrowed everything he's done. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just, yeah, his place is, he deserves a much higher spot than that. Absolutely. I think a lot of people would argue for him for number one. It was I've got close him at for number me. two. I, yeah, it was definitely close for me, too. Yeah, Alice Cooper, way higher. Yep. That's wrong. All right, that brings us up to number 21. See, this just makes me even matter mm. that this band is even one ahead of Alice Cooper. Because nobody remembers these concerts. The Grateful Dead. Oh, God. They were among the most consistent U.S. tours of all time, with the exception of a year-long hiatus in 1975 and a handful of foreign gigs. They toured the U.S. constantly from the winter of 1965 until summer of 1995. If it weren't for the death of lead guitarist and singer Jerry Garcia that year, they'd probably still be touring today. The remaining bandmates have toured in various arrangements together and separately since Garcia's death. No. 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 Not even on my not even close to my list. I I do me, not like this band one. No, day. me neither cuz to me the Grateful Dead I mean there wasn't really nothing special about no. them on stage and also most of their songs are awful. It it was So that's double whammy right there. Now I'm looking at a band I don't want to look at and I'm listening to a band I don't want to hear. No, what? they should not even be on this list. And they beat Alice Cooper. What the hell? It's complete horseshit. And I mean, and I'm sure there's some, there's a, probably a couple of you that are listening that are actual Grateful Dead fans. If you dig them, great. But I, I try. And I was in college, and back when I was taking LSD, I tried <laughs> numerous times to get into their music, <clears throat> and even altered on LSD, I couldn't do it. I was just like, this is terrible fucking music. Well, I'll even go as far as say, you know, there might be some people out there that actually like the Grateful Dead. You need to stop and. And re-question your life and look at your priorities and put on an Alice Cooper album. They're just one of those artists where I just don't get it. I never have. No, me neither. (laughs) So let's move on from that. Unacceptable. That pisses me off. David Bowie is number 20. I'm about to piss more people off. 
He died after his 69th birthday in 2016. He loved to push the boundaries with his live performances. He also loved to cause a stir. At the end of a gig at London's Hammersmith Odeon on July 3rd, 1973, he preceded the final encore of Rock and Roll Suicide with the announcement that it was the final Ziggy Stardust show ever. This left fans wondering if Bowie would ever tour again, but of course he did. He returned the very next year with a different image and sound, and you know that was the uh, Young Americans era after that, mm-hmm. soul stuff. I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about just the Ziggy Stardust stuff, I think it belongs on the list. Yeah, that was his... Because I mean, performance-wise, that was a that was a great band. Um, I've always thought he was incredibly overrated. See, I, that's I just, another one I, for me. That's like twenty-five, seventy-five. I, I like twenty-five percent. I like of a handful of songs, but I just ugh, not for me. Most of it's weird. But the only stuff I really dig is like the old Ziggy Stardust stuff, I where like, yeah. he was that character. I mean, that's a trip. Just to like one day you're going to see David Bowie, and he's like, "Yep, this is the last one. Glad you're here." And I got, and I'm not going to take credit away because. He deserves credit for being incredibly influential during that Ziggy Stardust period. Like, oh, totally. You know, the glam movement doesn't happen without him doing that. And he so looked cool as hell He back was then. an innovator. I'll give him that. Just the music I just never totally got into. No, me neither. That's a tough one. I'm going to drop David Bowie down. I'm going to say he's too high at 20. I agree. Here's another one I think that... Do people even remember seeing these concerts? Audiences' responses to seeing the Fab Four on stage made their live shows even more remarkable than the music itself. On August 19, 1965, at the very height of Beatlemania, the band played two gigs at Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas. It sounds like the Beatles are drenched in sweat and loving it, wrote Rolling Stone. Another gig that stood out was August 29, 1966 at Candlestick Park in San Francisco, California during their final U.S. tour. When the band left the stage, John Lennon played a few notes of In My Life on his guitar. Mm. Number 19 for the Beatles. They, I mean, be- they belong on the list. If you're talking about the ability to induce you know, <laughs> mass hysteria yeah. orgasms like Todd Zillow was talking about a couple of weeks ago, yeah, yeah the Beatles would be number one. Yeah. But as far as anything else, I mean, they just kind of stood there and got screamed at. Pretty much. I don't know if that's... Uh, you want to put the Beatles on the list because, you know, they're arguably the greatest rock band of all time. The ones yeah. who really, truly started it all for everything yeah. else that came after it. Yeah. But, but if we're just looking at a concert... Mm. I think back to the early stuff, like Ed Sullivan, and Jude, they're just standing on stage. Gonna, you know, they're not doing nothing. We're going to piss so many people off this, this I'm week. I'm just saying. You know, the um, Beatles are great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 80% on the Beatles. Oh, I love the Beatles. There's like only them. a small piece of Beatles catalog that I really can't get down with. But I, I don't know. I, but they, as a live band? They certainly belong on the list. I will say that. Um, pretty much the first stadium band ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's one of those things, like, it's Um, cool to see them, especially those later years. Like, they're talking about that tour in 66. You know, there's a stadium concert. Yeah, yeah, there's footage of that online on the YouTube and stuff that you can check out. And it's pretty cool because it's like, wow, it's the Beatles. And Mm -hmm. they're kind of being themselves instead Uh, of being what they used to be. But but, at the peak of their concertness, they were dying. You know, the the band was dying out. uh, Interviews with them, like, they would say they, they almost dreaded going on the road because. They couldn't even hear themselves. Yeah. So they were, uh, and they even did. I think Paul McCartney's admitted it. Like we, 
purposely didn't play worth a damn because we did, it didn't Who matter. Who would have heard it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go there and just going to hear a bunch of white noise and chicks screaming. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. And a, I, and a uh, tidal wave. But, I mean, we're just going sticky, over. Sticky stuff. Concert performances. I, I mean, they belong on the, I'd, I guess I'd put them right where they're at. Maybe a little higher. I think I'd drop them down. I don't know so. who else is on the list, though. So, All right. Well, then let's find out who number 18 is. At the Off-Ramp Cafe in Seattle on October 22, 1990, a band known as Mookie Baylock made their live <laughs> debut in front of a crowd of 300 people. Almost 30 years later, that band is called Pearl Jam, and they mm-hmm. regularly sell out the biggest venues in the world. In June 2018, the band had to cancel their second night at London's O2 with just hours to go after singer Eddie Vedder lost his voice and was unable to perform. But a month later, Pearl Jam gave those fans a spectacular apology, delivering a three-hour set to close the European leg of their world tour. Hmm. This one's a little iffy for me because, I mean, again, we'll bring up our conversation with Todd Zilla from a couple of weeks back when he talked about his experience seeing Pearl Jam Mm -hmm. where they got the whole stage to play with, Mm -hmm. but they're all just kind of sitting in the middle, not really doing nothing. If you you were going to base it off of maybe their first tour when they were really starting out, you know, during the first couple of records... There was a shit ton of energy. They were all over the place. They right. they were animals on stage. I remember um, always think back to like their Saturday Night Live performance. Right. You know how energetic they were back then. Yeah, but they've mellowed a lot over the years. And then there was a good period during the mid late nineties where they were almost like too cool for school. Where they were trying right. to they were trying to like go as small as they could. And I get it because it's like the whole integrity thing. In the years since, though, like they've become kind of famous for catering to their hardcore fans like they they will right. change their set list all the time and that's true and i can love and respect they'll, they'll that open their set with a complete deep cut and um i respect that a lot and they put their their live shows out for everyone to download for free yeah i mean they're you the, can get i mean back in the day you go yeah. to the bootleg section and it'd be like a whole pearl jam section right. of bootlegs in there i think man why can't I get Kiss stuff like this? And they took on Ticketmaster and and went away from them and, and you know and just for a lot of that reasons they certainly deserve to be on this list. I think so. Um, yeah, maybe right around where they're at. I mean, more on an honorary thing than on a giant stage show, you know? I mean, right. It's, but it's not always about stage show. I mean, they're no Alice Cooper or nothing, but Fuck no. <laughs> but then again, I think Pearl Jam, and I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but. I was I hated Pearl Jam mm-hmm. just because of the Pearl Jam fans, right. you know, the way when when that was all going down, when Pearl Jam was coming up and crew and all them mm-hmm. bands were going down, I stuck with the bands I liked. And the Pearl Jam fans all seemed so pretentious to me, you know, and, and talked down of, oh, how can you like Motley Crue? Like, like motherfucker, you know, two months ago, you were the biggest yeah. Motley Crue fan around, you know, now you're making fun of me for liking yeah, Motley Crue. So out of principle, I just... I, couldn't even even though i liked it you know because i liked that album the first album 10 is an awesome album but i almost had to kind of listen to it in secret and then after that i didn't want to hear it no more because then i'd start hearing songs i didn't like by them Mm -hmm. but then they had that song come out called do the evolution i was like oh man this is a badass tune i know i gotta kind of like pearl jam but i'm not going to (laughs) and then many years later when i first moved to nashville my brother said do you want to go see pearl jam tonight and i'm like eh I take it or leave it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, come on, you're coming. I got a ticket. You're coming with me." You right. know, I was like, "Okay, fine. You know, I'll go with." And so we went to the show, 
and it was really good. Yeah. You know, the band was pretty awesome. My brother was excited because he knew more about them than I did. Right. But he was excited because he's going, oh, I can't believe they're playing this. Yeah. And, you know, but then, of course, there's this spot in the middle of the show where they bring out, like, the George Bush mask and got to, you know, political. get political with the crowd and yeah. stuff. And some people are into it and some people ain't, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, this is stupid. But the show was good, and it yeah. made me re-give Pearl Jam a chance. And now I'm about 50-50 with Pearl Jam. Okay. Like, but the 50% of the Pearl Jam that I like, mm-hmm. I like a lot. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. No, but then the other 50% just sucks, and it's artsy and weird, and I don't like yeah. it. You know, so. they, there's, there's moments where they try too hard, I think. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I put them... 18 is a little high for Pearl Jam, I think, just based on the fact that we're talking about awesome live bands. Right. And they're not really always known for being that. Can't wait for the feedback from this episode. <laughs> All opinions, people. You guys are fucking Yeah. yeah we're Didn't hear. you hear the people cheering for us at the top of the show? Yeah. That's all we're getting. I'm going to take solace in that. <laughs> all, right. all right. Number 17. We'll do this one, then we'll take our quick break. Following years of lineup changes, Guns N' Roses classic lineup Axl Rose, Slash, Duff McKagan, and Steven Adler reformed in 2016 and embarked on the Not In This Lifetime tour. I don't know oh, if they that, didn't. I was going to say, I, I don't know if that's totally Adler accurate. Adler showed up and played like three songs at two shows. I don't, yeah, I don't think I that's think a reunion. They got it messed up. Yeah. Uh, it was named after Rose's 2012 response when he was asked if the original group would ever reform. The tour included their first UK gig in 24 years, and after the death of Soundgarden's Chris Cornell in May of 2017, the GNR set list included a cover of Black Hole Sun. Yeah. Respectable, but ugh. yeah, I don't want to hear them do that. No, that takes up room for something else cool like Dead Horse or Double Talking Jive or something. Uh, this, you and I are going to differ on this one because I, I mean, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan. I am. I love I Guns N' Roses. They were pretty overrated. Aside eh, I don't from, know. Aside from Appetite. Yeah, Appetite, well, you can't deny the power of Appetite. Appetite earned its place, one of the greatest records ever made in any genre. You I, can only go downhill from that, from Appetite. Yeah, but everything after has been overblown and bloated, in my opinion. Yeah, not all of it. Uh, a lot of diminishing returns with Guns N' Roses for me. And as far as Guns N' Roses live, what are what's the I one saw what's live. the one thing you think of though when somebody says Guns N' Roses concert? What's the first thing you think of? <laughs> Axel beating up somebody? Or are what time are they going to actually get <laughs> oh, on yeah. stage? Or are they going to show up? Or is Axel going to throw it on the microphone after a couple of songs yeah. and storm Thanks off? Thanks for the lame ass security. I'm going home. To me, yeah. that puts Guns N' Roses way lower than 17 on yeah. this list. Now nowadays, you know, they're I've We've seen some really cool footage of the yeah. stuff they're doing nowadays. You know, sure, it'd be great to have Izzy and Steven actually back in it. That would do it for me. And that would probably, that would put them back up around 17, I think. Yeah. They, they could still salvage their number on my list. But uh, as far as all around, eh, too much bullshit that goes along with, especially back in the day, of going to a Guns N' Roses concert. I had a small concert. hunch that this might be in your top five. I'm kind really? of surprised. No, not Guns N' Roses. Mm. If they can't freaking get up on stage on time, I mean that's that's got to take points away, right? Oh no, they and yeah. granted that was a long time ago and everything, but still that's yeah, but it went that's on for years. That's part of the legacy, you it know. Is. That's part of the the whole thing. Yeah, I would put them lower for sure. All right, so that's just about halfway. We'll take a quick little break so Chris can tell us what's going on with Rock and Pod. Oh yeah. All right, so what's the big Rock and Pod update? Okay, so, well, the, I have some bad news first, and uh, it'll be announced this week. It, it may be already out by the time you hear this, but uh, David Ellison from Megadeth is not going to be able to join us this year. Oh, yeah. no. 
I know. There's a good reason for it. As a lot of you know, Ozzy Osbourne canceled his whole tour that he was about to do. And, right. And Megadeth hurt was, himself. Megadeth was going to be the opening act on that tour, which created a hole for the weekend of the expo, which I thought we were all good. Little did anyone know that Ozzy was going to get injured and have to cancel. Right. So, you know, Megadeth has a whole crew of people that have families that need to eat, and they have scrambled to, to book dates, and they had to book two dates on the same weekend. So he's just not going to be able to make it. Well, I mean, it's life, you know. That's the way it goes. You know, we can't stand in the way of the fine people getting their Megadeth. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's it's disappointing, but I understand. And you know, David feels bad that he can't come because um, I know he was looking forward. He to He really it. was, and you know, his business partner Tom Hazard is still going to come and do the uh, Playback Expo panels, and and Tom's helping me get some other cool guests. So stay tuned. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna make up for this. I promise. Yeah, Tom said um, he'd make up for it, and and we're working <laughs> we're working those things out. So that'll that'll be announced hopefully soon i'm still trying to get details worked out but i hate that he's not coming but uh you know we'll do it next year if if, if we can make it happen right on so um our pre-party uh concert lineup is now set um we already mentioned that the rock and roll residency will be the headliners yeah and you know we'll have several of the guests that are going to be at the expo jump on stage and do songs with them see to me that is so exciting it's going to be mean, really unique if you look at the list of guys that are coming to this yeah and you know the rock and roll residency they can play anything anything so these guys are i'm gonna imagine be jumping up on stage yeah. with these guys yeah you that's know? gonna happen and it, it's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a show you won't see anywhere else i mean it's, brian forsyth has been dying to get up on he stage has. and jam with these guys so you know you're gonna see that so that's gonna be cool but the lineup uh opening up is gonna be a band from chattanooga called eight ball they're a really great band out of chattanooga have a ton of cool gear that they're gonna help provide for the expo and the the pre-party the real professional production stuff and and good good songs i'm excited to have them and then uh from the podcasting world our good friend uh, greg troyan has a band called lipstick generation and they're gonna open the show so you guys heard you know back when we did our thin lizzie episode not too long back we ended the episode with the song the flash yeah which is awesome Mm -hmm. so you know you know you're gonna have a good time when the when lipstick is playing Lipstick generation that's the new name okay so so they're lipstick generation now okay cool And um, so yeah, I'm, it's going to be a good solid night of rock and roll. So I'm excited for that. Uh, so new guests that are being announced this week include uh, at least three quarters, possibly all of Roxy Blue is coming. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I remember Roxy Blue back in the day with the Rob the Cradle video yeah. song, and I was like, wow, this is like Van Halen for me. Yeah, because Van Halen sucks now. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Steve Barnett from a band called Pump Five. They're a, one of the artists on High Vol Music. He's going to be joining us. Cool. Right on. And then uh, I just confirmed today, uh, Jason Beeler from Saigon Kick is going to be coming. Oh, yeah, so, man. Uh, I love Saigon Kick. That album, The Lizard, mm-hmm. is killer. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's like I never understood that about The Lizard. Like, they played that one song to death. Right. But that was the worst song on the album. Like, the rest <laughs> of the album blows that song away. What was that song? Oh, the ballad? Yeah. Uh, Love is on the way. Love is on the way. Oh, now I'm reminded. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jason's going to be joining us, and uh, I can't can't wait to, to meet him finally, so that's going to be cool. And I'm working on a, a few other cool guests, and, uh, and, you know, stay tuned for updates. Yeah, and get your information at rockandpod.com. Get your tickets. Yeah, get your tickets. Podcasters, come on. Yeah. you got to join us for this party. we got a bunch of cool ones already coming. Mm-hmm. We've got a few more cool ones we expect are coming, yep. and we're hoping to get even more. Maybe yeah. some 
new ones, guys yeah. that we've never got to hang out with before. Yeah, if you got a music podcast, we want you to come. It'll if you want to learn how to do a podcast. Yeah, we'll have an education track with speakers and workshops and all that. And uh, yeah, If you're you listening to, to this it. here today and you think, well, if these schmucks can do it, exactly. I surely can do it. I just need to know how to do it. Well, Rock and Pod is the perfect place to do that. Because like Chris said, there's going to be a whole panel thing set up yep. where you can actually go in and workshop and learn how to create podcasts. Yep. And if you're already a podcaster and you just want to learn how to maybe make yours a little bit better, that's a great opportunity to do that too. So everybody from somebody who's never done it before to somebody that's been doing it for a while and wants some tips and tricks on how to be even better than they already are, oh, yeah. it's all there for you. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, yeah, if, if we can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. How hard can it be? Right. So, yeah, August 9th and 10th, Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville Airport Marriott. Stay the whole weekend on site yes. at, at the venue. Uh, book your room through rockandpod.com. we got a link there for a discounted room rate. And uh, hang out and enjoy us. It's going to be great, man. You don't want to miss the rock and roll party of the summer. Rock and Pod 3 right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Come party with us and Please. the rock stars. And it's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. All right, you ready to get back to this list? Yeah, let's do it. Outrage. Okay. <laughs> Is it going to be worse than The Grateful Dead? There's nothing worse than The Grateful Dead. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, at number 16, mm. Kiss is currently on their final tour ever, the end of the Road World Tour, marking the end of a 45-year career. However, it's not the first time they said it would be the last time, so who knows what the future holds. That's sad. Mm. Like, everybody says Number that. Number 16. Everybody says that about Kiss because of the farewell tour. Like, I yeah. got to chuckle. Well, I mean, we can talk about it now because, Chris, you and I just went and seen Kiss last week. We did. One of the things I got to chuckle out that night was seeing a dude wearing a farewell T-shirt from the year 2000. But, like, why <laughs> Why are, Why is Kiss always the punching bag for farewell tours? I mean, there's so many it's other not like they're the only band it. that's done yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely not. The fucking Rolling Stones have done, like, four of them. Kiss has always <laughs> been the punching bag for everything and anything. Yeah, but 16, but give me a break. On my list, yeah. they're number one. Well, same, I mean, same here. Nobody is better than Kiss. I mean, you're talking about all-time live. Talk about the whole career of Kiss. You know, mm-hmm. talk about the very beginning when they, all they had was Candelabras. That's an amazing stage show because they were something more than anything else that had ever been before. And then you get to where they start ramping up, you know, and they work their way through the 70s up to like 77 and that Kiss Alive 2 tour, you know, and it's amazing. You know, that alone, you know, Mm -hmm. if you just took Kiss from that year, you'd say that's the greatest live band of all time. Yeah. And then all the years, the incarnations, you know, with the makeup, without the makeup, Mm -hmm. with different members, you know, Kiss almost always delivered a top-notch live show you know it was always again almost always the band the music and all this you Mm -hmm. know that comes along with it with a kiss concert you know whether it was the reunion tour whether it was revenge with the the statue of liberty the middle finger leon sphinx the tour before that you know it's it's all good stuff so if you're talking about an entire career of blowing minds with your stage show and being the greatest live band of all time it's kiss i agree and number 16 16's ridiculous but let's talk about today because we said we were going to talk about the kiss show we went and seen 
and man, what a fun night, you know? It was. It was a good time. I've, uh, you know, I made jokes about, well, he's paid $25 for the ticket and everything. I mean, I certainly got my $25 worth. And then oh, we definitely. Up- well, and I think it even goes back further than that. Like earlier in the night when you walk into a bar up the street from the venue and you mm-hmm. look around and there's people in Kiss t-shirts and you walk out on Broadway on, in Nashville yeah. and you look around and there's people, all kinds of people all over the place in Kiss t-shirts. That's the one rule that Kiss fans ignore. Yeah, don't wear. Don't the be that guy. <laughs> that doesn't apply to Kiss fans, but that's okay. It's really the because sense. it was like the feeling of wow. Yeah, I wish it was like this every day, or you know, nothing bad can happen in this situation mm. because this is a huge family of people yeah. that have been converted by Kiss through years and years and years of being fans. And you hear, I heard it all night over and over again. This is my fifth time seeing right. them. This is my tenth time seeing them. I've seen them, you know, 40 times. Right. Oh, this is my first time seeing them, you know. Uh-huh. So it was all across the board of all these different levels of KISS fans, you know. Yeah. And, and some of these people have seen them on every freaking tour yeah. they ever had, you know. And that's awesome to see them at this last show, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of it. That's before you even walk into the yeah. venue, well, the, the feeling of being a part of something big. Yeah. And I love that. Well, that's the biggest thing. And that's... That was my favorite part of the whole night was just hanging out with everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's what I want. That's what I mainly went for. I've, but, you know, for the show, the stage is really impressive. I mean, yeah. you have to give them credit because, you know, they, in my opinion, since really since 2004, they've just coasted as far as their stage show goes. I don't, yeah. They, other than the, the, spider. the spider was cool. That was like a, a different thing. Um, well, but, we got two different perspectives on it because, like you said, we paid the $25 tickets, and we were literally five rows from, from the, the ceiling. We, yeah. were, we were ready to swing from the rafters, yeah, literally, because we could reach right up and grab them. It was way up there. But then we are sitting there watching the painter. They're like, yeah, this is kind of dumb, you know? And so we're like, well, you want to take a little walk? We got plenty of time before Kiss comes on. And so we took a walk into the little atrium area, and we run into our good buddy, Buddy Baker. And Buddy says, where are you guys sitting? We're like, way up there. Don't you see our noses bleeding? You know? <laughs> and he says, come with me. I've got a box suite, yeah. and there's plenty of room. And next thing I know, we're right down next to the stage. Yeah. It was amazing. It was a cool perspective to watch the show. I've never from. seen Kiss from a perspective like Mm-mm. that from the side up above. I mean, I've yeah. been I've been right down in the front and I've been way up to where we were. Yeah. But I've never sat on the side like that to be able to see like even before the show starts and the curtain's still hanging, we see them all come walking up right. and it's like, "Oh yeah, here it comes." Yeah, it was um it was a cool perspective. The good the the stage show Thank you, Buddy Baker. Yeah, thank you're you. the man. The stage show is, is the stage is the star of the show. I oh, mean, it, totally. It's with the, the video screens and the amount of. I've never seen so much pyro in a concert. No, it was awesome. Like they really went to the to the furthest extent on pyro and bombs and everything. I got a suntan. Yeah, it was the pyro was impressive, but there's always a but. Um, this is Chris Sinzak we're talking. Yeah, to. Um, but but also watching from that perspective, we. We were kind of forced to watch the band more so than the show because of where right. we were sitting. Yeah, no, that was great. It was great in ways and not so great in other ways. Like okay. they, you really kind of get an idea of why they have the stage the way it is because the stage takes away for from some of the lack of energy that the band members are putting out. All right. Like they don't move around quite, and they're old. Right, they don't move around like they used to. Well, of course not. So. um they got around okay, but at the and my biggest issue is and I, is the set list. It's 
It's the same songs every tour. They played War Machine. Well, I mean, they're all songs I like. Yeah. But I didn't even I wasn't sure what the set list was, you know. See, I, I had my ideas that yeah. it was going to be a greatest hits, but like when War when he played War Machine, I was like, "Oh, cool. I didn't even expect that." Well, see, I I wish I could have had your but I'm too I'm too big of an obsessive, so I have yeah. to find out what they're going to do before they do it. I think this is why I had more fun at the show. I think it is. <laughs> Cuz I kind of knew everything that was going to happen. And I tried not to know yeah. everything that was going to so happen. So you you probably enjoyed it a little more than me. I mean, I I had fun. Don't get me wrong. It was it, I'm I don't regret going at all. But yeah, but it's like you know, and then and Paul is definitely using tape because um, you know he he'd talk between songs and and sound like he could barely get a word out. But man, do they got it down? They got it down. Well, the tape, yeah, the like lip syncing down is down good. If you didn't know, like if you went in that and had no idea, no, that you wouldn't know. No one would know because they are so masterful at the way it blends. Yeah. Like there were spots in there where I was like, wait a minute, where does the tape start and, the, and right. it end? You know. But then there was other spots where it was pretty obvious. Yeah, and. You know, and it's at this point, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not giving him a pass so much on it because it still irritates me that he criticized people for so long for doing the same thing. Um, and I wish he'd just be more honest about it. But at the same time, for the show that they're presenting, I would take that as an alternative to him actually doing the songs well, sure. live because yeah. his voice is just gone. Again, because like I said, there was little kids in there. You know, my buddy uh, Logan brought his son, who's been, he's a little kid, but he loves Kiss. You know, right. he heard his dad listen to it. He's like, oh, what's this? You know, fell in love with Kiss, fell in love with the whole thing about it, yeah. but was too little to right. ever go see him live. This was his first Kiss concert. Yeah. No, you don't want, you want and, the band firing on all cylinders. You want them bringing all yeah. they got for the future generations to not forget Kiss. Because after this, like Logan's son isn't going to be able to take his son to right. go see Kiss. So that legacy well, never and the legend. <laughs> <laughs> They'll cryogenically freeze them until uh, they can cure whatever ails them. Um, and then we'll wake up someday and then laugh at the yeah. guy wearing the farewell tour from 2019 right. shirt. I mean, I kind of just, I'm just being honest. You know, I there was, there were moments in the show where I was just kind of like, I don't feel the magic like I used to. And, and, and that's a little sad for me. Because I wish I did. You right. Know, there was times where I and I'd look over at Buddy and Buddy's just rocking out. And yeah. I'm just like, I wish I could do that, <laughs> but I just don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just become too bitter and jaded. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not the same feeling that I got when I got to see them for the first time on the reunion tour when the curtain yeah. dropped and there was all four original guys and that hair all stood up on the back of my neck oh, and on was, my arms yeah, and I was shook magic. and couldn't believe it, you know, and yeah. boom, and I'm like, oh my God, this is really happening, you know. It, yeah. it wasn't like that, but it was still awesome. Oh, it was you still know? a great show. And what I got out of it was... I'm not upset that they were lip syncing because you could tell that they really put a lot into the magicianship of it all. The oh, way yeah. the way it blends, it's, you know. It's a like, real production. For example, like there's a there was a spot where they were just him Paul and Tommy were just kind of jamming. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, Kiss doesn't just jam. Yeah. I mean, kind of, but not really, not like this. Yeah. And so it really kind of, oh, that's the magic, you know, yeah. because obviously you can't just jam to something if it's all rigid and, you know, this is the way it goes every single night and it don't change and the tapes are lined up for this. But then it's like, no, wait, that's perfect, you know, because people will see that. And if I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, you can't jam if it's all on tape. Maybe a lot of this is real. <laughs> if, I, if I'm almost falling for it, if the switch gets turned off in yeah. my head, anybody that don't know no different, sure. 
absolutely knows no different. Yeah, no, and 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 I had fun watching the crowd. You know, and then yeah. we had a great view of the crowd. Yeah, so, that was and, cool. And the too. crowd was going crazy. You know, I, so it was you know it was a fun it was just a fun night out. You know, and um, and I would recommend if if you have the funds available, do it. Go see them. Yes. You know, I I wouldn't tell you not to. I knew you'd come around. Well, I'm just. Especially if you've never seen them, you have yeah. to see them at least once. But uh, no, it was it was worth going to. And it is a long time old Kiss fan that you know maybe maybe your favorite is Ace Frehley. You mm-hmm. know, I'm excited because Ace Frehley's coming to Nashville on May 3rd. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited for that. But you know, I'm not I'm not the Kiss fan that says I can't like new Kiss because no, of that. I, I don't you know, do that I don't either. get that extreme into it. So you know, it's it's not the same. But man. They put on a killer show. It's they a, really do. They play yeah. awesome songs. Every song they play is great, except for Beth. And that was awkward. Yeah, what, that I didn't really seeing, care for. Seeing Eric Singer on the big screen with his face painted like Peter singing Beth at a piano, just weird. I get yeah. why they're doing it, but as an old... But the thing is... I'd rather hear him doing a song about anal sex. Okay, nothing to lose. You know it. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the thing... Let me underline my point here. We are not their target demographic anymore. No. The diehards are not who they cater to. They cater to tire kickers. They're catering to our grandchildren. <laughs> well, but they're catering to people like... Because we would oh, bring the kids to it, That's you know? the band that wears makeup. I've heard of them. I, I like that song, Lick It Up. We'll go see them. And it's worked out beautifully for them because they're selling sure, out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, from a I business... Mean, and for that, it's cool. Yeah, you from know, a I business love to standpoint, they, they're doing the right thing. Um but yeah, like, but us diehards that want to hear deep cuts and all that, they don't. They don't That's not shit. happening. No, they're not doing it. And but honestly, on the, the other, la- on the other side of that too, it, I think it's really cool that you know, I don't know. I kind of walked out of there with a sense of pride about my favorite band. You know that they were able to deliver this show, they, and I think maybe delivered. maybe it's got something to do with like you said where we were sitting and how we had such a great view of the bowl where all the yeah, people were it was sitting. Cool to see everybody and to see fun. the reaction to it and be like, yeah, fuckers, I've been a Kiss fan all <laughs> along, you know, and you're out here, and maybe you never understood Kiss or never yeah. were into Kiss or whatever, but you're all out there and you're having a great time, you know, because yeah. this is my band up on stage, and even at seventy some years old, mm-hmm. they still blow the door. Off of your favorite bands, yeah. Oh, and it's cool to know that. And every other band yeah. coming up on this list, damn it. It's cool to know that there's people getting turned on to their music even this yes. late in the game. Yeah, know? and that's a big thing. And I think that's part of you know, Kiss will live forever because yeah. it'll be the legend of it. Like I said, that little kid that got to see Kiss for the first time, for the last time. Mm-hmm. That's all you got now, well, you know. So until Kiss so, 2.0 starts up, well, possibly or however that goes. But for the original Kiss, well, I don't know if you want to call them original <laughs> Kiss, but the original version, the official I don't version. Use, I don't need. Yeah, the, there you go, the official version of Kiss. Hell of a way to go out, I sure, think. Sure, it's a great show, yeah. and I was proud of. Yeah, them. you will get your money's worth if you. Well, unless you're paying seven thousand dollars for the VIP meet and greet, not don't do that. I don't know. I saw a lot of smiling faces in those pictures. <laughs> a lot of smiling rich faces. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, yeah, I would. Uh, I'd recommend seeing them. It's worth. It's a great show. Awesome. Yeah. Now everybody, go back in the archives and remember mm-hmm. when Chris said, when I, "I would never yeah, go see I'm Kiss a nowadays." <laughs> Well, it worked out because, right. man, Kiss was awesome. It was. A, I'm happy that I had a good time. And to you and I both, in the whole collection, their whole careers, mm-hmm. that makes Kiss the greatest live band of all time. I agree with that. All right. So we've got one and two knocked off our list. So I wonder if the rest of ours are still up here or if they're not coming at all. 
This was one, number 15, that was real close to making my list. I really had to consider this one because of the fact that, oh man, for their time, they were way out there and you never knew what you were going to get with one of their live experiences. One of the Doors live shows is infamous for reasons beyond their show-stopping hits like Break On Through and Light My Fire. <laughs> On March 1st, 1969, during a gig at Miami's Dinner Key Auditorium, singer Jim Morrison started to scream at the audience and police officers lined up in front of the stage. Then he exposed himself to the crowd. Well, he was arrested allegedly. For, allegedly. He was arrested four days later but died while the case was still under appeal. Yeah. I'm a Doors fan, man. I love the Doors, and I think the mystique of it, like the idea of what's going to happen, kind of like the same idea with Alice Cooper, but I mean, this even predates all that, of going uh, to a concert because you don't, you just, you think something crazy might happen. Sure. And the fact that, you know, you watch the old Doors movie from the 90s -hmm. about them being up on stage and they're all spaced out on acid, but they're playing their instruments, but they're spacing (laughs) out, you know, and what's Jim Morrison doing? Well, he's writhing around on the stage and, you know, howling out these songs. I mean, the bands on my top five are like, I would say, way better live bands than the Doors. But I would consider the Doors right up there and might even rank them a little higher than what they got them here at 15 15. because of the mystique of it and the mystery and the not knowing, you know, and the excitement of thinking, I'm going to see something crazy tonight. I I mean, I I see your point. I don't don't think I'd rank them that high, though. No? I I would still put them on the list, but... Yeah, I'm a very unpredictable band, you know. Uh, you know, a band without a bass player, I can't get into. But, and, uh, and not enough explosions. No, not nearly. <laughs> Need way more pyro than that to rank the doors ahead of Kiss. Give me yeah, light my fire. <laughs> right, it's perfect. Yeah. All right, number fourteen, Rush. They haven't performed live together since they wrapped up their R40 live tour in 2015, and the departure of legendary drummer Neil Peart. Um, described as the single best drummer alive. Oh, yeah. However, the remaining members, vocalist Giddy Lee and guitarist Alex Lifeson, haven't completely ruled out future shows, giving hope to millions of fans who've enjoyed their incredible shows for over 40 years. They shouldn't Number tour. 14, Rush. They shouldn't tour without Neil. Nah, um, I don't think so either. Yes, they, they deserve that spot. Um, they made my also-rans list, so yeah. like they, they'd be in my top ten. I would think so, too. I put Rush a little bit higher than 14 because, I mean, yeah, it's just three guys up on stage. But, I mean, over the years, they've, they've built up and have created some pretty awesome live oh, concert yeah. experiences over the years. Yeah, they give you a lot to look at. I mean, they're, they they understand. And KISS helped teach them showmanship. You know, they yeah. they toured with KISS in the early days, and I think they took some cues from that. I, I went to the Clockwork Angels tour, the, la- the last tour that hit Nashville, I think. And even took my wife, and even she had a good time. And, yeah. I mean, they had, like, video. And she was the only girl. Yeah, pretty much. No <laughs> line at the bathroom. But they had, like, really cool video stuff going on, great lighting. But yeah, but the band is just so good. I mean, just to, just to watch Neil Peart play live is, right? is incredible. And the shine of the lights down on the kit while he's out there doing all that crazy stuff. You know, that's yeah. light show enough for Rush. Yeah, have I told that story about uh, Neil Peart at that show? I don't know, but you should tell it again because it's okay. funny. All right, so my friend... And lucky you didn't get killed. I know. One of my friends bought... He's a giant Rush fan. He's seen him like 50 times. And he worked with me, and he was just, and he was just like, next time they come, you know, you're, you're going to go with me. Because I had missed them. Like, there was like three different times that I was intending on going to see them, and something would always come up and take me away from going. And 
And so when they announced Clockwork Angels, he bought tickets the first day. And he goes, okay, I've got your ticket. So my wife and I are sitting with him and some friends. And we're down there kind of close to the floor on the first riser. And uh, they do an intermission during the concert. And, you know, they're just blowing minds. They're just killer. Neil's just playing his ass off. Yeah. So they do intermission and the lights come up and everybody can see each other. And my friend's like four seats down. He looks at me and goes, Chris, what'd you think? And I look back and I said this as loud as I could. I was like, that drummer's pretty good. He's no Peter Chris, but he's pretty good. <laughs> and like, must have been 15, 20 Rush hardcore fans. Their heads just whipped around like, who the fuck just yeah, said that? Get him the hell out of here. And I was just like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Great way to die at the Rush show. I know. I, it really angered a few people. Oh, I'm sure it did. Because they all know who Peter Chris is. Well, so do I. Wow. Anyway. Lucky to have you with us but here yeah, today. They almost made my list. They were, they were right yeah. up there. All right. So here's one that just barely didn't make my list. But there's a reason. But this one I think most people would rank right up there. Formed in 1972 by brothers Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Van Halen is one of the best-selling rock and roll bands of all time. Van Halen's most recent tour ended in 2015, during which they delighted audiences with songs they hadn't played for decades, such as Light Up the Sky and Feel Your Love Tonight. Mm. But there might be another stadium tour in the cards. Yeah. Van Halen at number 13. This was my number three. Yeah? But... With a caveat. Right, yeah. Pre-1984 Van Halen. See, and that's, I think, the problem here. And that's maybe why they're at 13, because they also have to include the Van Hagar era. And that drops them down. Still a good live band, even with Sammy, but but not nowhere near the top list. But um, No, because you think about it. I mean, you got Alex up there, and he's got this massive drum kit, and he's all over the place. And then you got Michael Anthony, he's running around all over the place, singing and playing his bass. And then you got freaking Eddie over here, and he's doing stuff that people can't even understand how he's doing it. And then to top it all off, you've got the the ringmaster himself, David Lee Roth out there, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. The jumps, and the swinging back and forth, Mm -hmm. and just all the amazing things you get out of a van Halen show, plus all those amazing songs. Yeah, I mean, for the early '80s, they were untouchable. They, oh, totally. They might, you know, if you're just going in that period of time, I don't know that anyone tops them. No, because they changed the world with what they were doing. You know, they didn't need, you know, and I guess some people that would be hardcore Van Halen fans would say this is why Van Halen should be number one. Mm-hmm. But they didn't need the explosions and mm-hmm. and the crazy stuff that Kiss was doing, and they didn't need all the crazy. I mean, yeah, they incorporated they some theatrics into it, yeah. and yeah, they had some really Especially cool the stuff. 1984 station, right? Yeah, see, and yeah. that's that's where Van Halen goes way up but then you know just like anything in the world you add, add sammy hagar into the mix and it kind of brings it back oh, down they, they made up for it with sharon i'm just kidding um, <laughs> you seen that one didn't you i did yeah. i was at that concert um i was the being stage a, being show about 50 other people yeah uh didn't draw well uh, but the concert was great um they played a bunch of early roth era stuff so um yeah it was good gary just wasn't convincing as their front man yeah and i love gary sharon great with extreme but uh just it was just a square peg in a round hole. I know we got a lot of Sammy Hagar fans, so I'm just kidding. Kind of. They were a good band with Sammy. I'm sorry, Ian, but they were. Um, not so much on record. I mean, they, it, it, there's even stuff with him that I like, but but the magic of the band kind of left when, right. when when Dave left. Yeah. You, know, you, you, Dave, Dave is what helped make them unique. 
All right. So then that brings us up to, and I definitely think Van Halen should be higher than 13 on the list. So my number numbers two and my num my three two and one have now been exposed. Okay, so I still got three, four, and five still left to go. I just got two to go, and I think both of them will be on the list. I hope. All right, number twelve, Aerosmith's 2017 Aero Verderci Baby Tour, which saw the band visit 15 countries in three months, was billed as their final tour, mm. with their last ever UK show taking place at the Download Festival. However, in true Aerosmith style, their future remains uncertain. In a spoof news announcement, a banana-wielding lead singer Steven Tyler asked bandmate Joe Perry if there's any truth to the rumors that this could be the last hurrah, to which Perry replies, who knows? Hmm. Aerosmith. Mm. I mean, they've done some cool stuff over the years. I love the band Aerosmith. Aerosmith. You know, they've gone kind of the Van Halen road at points where they've had big old stage shows to go along with what they were doing. Yeah. 12? Mm, that's, that, that's, that's a little high for them in my opinion. I don't know. That seems about right to me. I think 12 is a pretty good place for Aerosmith. I'd put them in top 15. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen them live. They're, they're good live, uh, but I don't ever remember going, wow, I'm blown away by the Aerosmith show. I mean, right. not, not really. Because, I mean, Enjoyable. Steven Tyler's really the, when they're playing live, he's... He's, he's the action. Right, yeah, he's the one doing stuff, yeah. you know, jumping around, he's screaming and all that. One of the best frontmen of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, easily. But the rest of the band needs to pick yeah. up their pace. Well, they just kind of, they just stand in the back. <laughs> it's a great band, though. Oh, yeah, totally. Love Aerosmith. I think that's right about right for them. All right, number 11. This would be my number four pick. Okay. It's Iron Maiden. My number five. Yeah? Okay, so what do you got left? I got one. I got my number four. I got my number three. That's all we got left. All right, Iron Maiden. Oh, no, I got another one. Oh, I got three and five still left. I don't think my fifth one's going to even make this list by the way it's looking. Iron Maiden was relentless on the concert circuit. Between August of 1984 and July of 1985, they undertook one of the longest rock tours in history to promote their fifth album, Power Slave. The band is known for their impressive stage sets, which have included a reproduction of a First World War trench, a papier-mâché mask that squirted fake blood, and futuristic artwork, complete with plenty of flashing lights and fire of course talking about iron maiden like i said iron maiden number four on my list absolutely one of the greatest bands of all time i think that's pretty undeniable oh totally and i'm not even a giant iron maiden fan i like them but for concerts oh i mean how do you i mean there's really no touching it because they had they got the energy mm -hmm. they're moving around Bruce Dickinson's a maniac. He is. You know, he's climbing up and down on shit. They've got, you know, no matter what tour it is, they they've always, always got something cool going on. And they got Eddie. They yeah. got Iron Eddie back there running around yeah. in some form or another, either part of the stage show or he's out there running around on his own. They're really the whole package. Yeah, I mean, they're they right got there, everything. They're right there with Kiss as far as, like, you know, when you, you get a combined great experience between the music and the stage show. So, yeah, they deserve to be. They deserve to be much higher than that. I agree. Yeah, yeah they should definitely be up in the top five. 11 is way too low for Iron Maiden. Outrage. Yeah. All right, number 10. You ready? Mm-hmm. Zoo TV. U2's <laughs> first tour of the 90s delivered a sophisticated, polished show made to match their groundbreaking smash hit 1991 album, Actung Baby. It was at this time that singer Bono adopted an alter ego he called The Fly. Do you know about this? Yeah. Oh, I don't know nothing about this. And he rarely broke character throughout the entire tour. 
In 2018, Bono devastated fans by ending the last show of the Experience Plus Innocence Tour with the cryptic statement, We've been on the road for quite some time, just going on 40 years. This last four years has been really something very special for us. We're going away now. Yeah. And that's how that ended. Ah, they'll be back. You too, man. I don't know. I'm not, I don't think I'm a big enough U2 fan to really even... And it, maybe this is one of the things where if you went and seen them live, you yeah. would become a U2 fan. I mean, I've heard people say that before. Oh, I didn't like U2, then I saw them live. I've got a few friends, actually the same friend who bought the Rush tickets, who U2 is one of his favorite bands. <clears throat> and he kind of turned me on to a lot of their stuff, a lot of the video clips and stuff. They deserve that spot, in my opinion, because yeah. they, they honestly, if you watch some stuff on even on YouTube, there, there's some incredibly impressive stage shows. Like, they've done some massive stages. That's true. They, they got that, the money to do it. They did a show here in, in Nashville at Vanderbilt, and the stage is like kind of like a spider. Have you seen that set? Uh-uh. It looked like a, the whole stage was like a giant claw thing, and they played on the inside of it, and they had oh, video wow. running around the top. They've done some really impressive stage shows over the years so hmm. they they i think they deserve that spot yeah number 10 YouTube. i would put them up there yeah Ugh. Ugh. i like a lot there's a lot of youtube stuff i like they're kind of a, a, not a guilty pleasure of mine but they're they're a non-hard rock band that i do like a lot did i already say Jimi hendrix yeah is he on there twice? Well, hell, Jimi Hendrix is on here twice. Awesome. Well, he's moved up. Oh, was it the Jimi Hendrix experience? Maybe. Maybe that's the difference. What the hell? Yeah, because this one's this one's <laughs> number nine. One of Hendrix's most memorable performances was at Woodstock in 1969, where he played an uninterrupted set that was one of the longest of his career, almost two hours. The final medley included National Anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. By this time, Hendrix had parted ways with the band Jimi Hendrix Experience, so he was joined by a group he put together called Gypsy Sons and Rainbows. Yeah, Billy Cox was the bass player. But, so whoever put this article together must be a huge Jimi Hendrix fan to put... I would put uh, Jimi Hendrix slash Jimi Hendrix in the experience. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden, number nine seems pretty good. Yeah, but they, they shouldn't have filled two spots with the same no, guy. I don't, I don't know I, I disagree that. with that. Okay, that's kind of weird. Weird. All right, well, let's move on to number eight. Oh, boy. Bruce Springsteen's live performances are known for their off-the-scale energy, and his audiences need plenty of stamina, too. Not all his shows run as long as his show in Helsinki, Finland, on July 31st, 2012, just over four hours, but you definitely get your money's worth. Springsteen sees his shows as true collaborations between him and his audience and tends to take requests and frequently ditch the set list in favor of impromptu covers. Yeah. See, not a Springsteen um, fan, but I can definitely respect that. I do respect him for his his performances cuz I mean like he truly works his ass off on stage and he always has, but uh there's there's not much of a stage show. I mean, you're you're getting a lot of great music and musicianship, but I don't know. I I don't know. Give me, give me, give me a kiss before you. Yeah, I mean, for I think, sure. But I, 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 re, I do respect him. I definitely do. I don't know what it is. Like the last ones, like U two and Bruce Springsteen, are two bands that are so revered mm-hmm. and so loved, you know, and so popular. And it's, and you know, I like rock and roll, you know, and I like guys that are about as heavy as Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and U two. But I just can't get into either one of Springsteen, them. Springsteen, I've never. I never latched on to all the way. You too, a little bit more, but 
Yeah, Springsteen, I don't I don't totally I never have bought in all the way on him. I think one word in the write up for you two that does it for me that wrecks it two words really hmm. quoted right out of here. Sophisticated and polished. Uh, I think that's what wrecks you two for me. Not and raw enough for and you. kind of Bruce Springsteen too, like I don't know. Just I uh, do want to see Springsteen live once just so I can try to get it. Too sophisticated for I me, think, I think uh, maybe. I think it might be might translate better live, but it's got to be, yeah. you know. But then again, if he's up there, you know, busting out these songs that are deep cuts, and I don't know any of yeah, it them, might be kind of boring. You know, I guess that's maybe the other side of the Kiss fan, yeah. uh, you know, awesome. dynamic where yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, I go to see Kiss, but they play stuff off this album called The Elder that I've never heard. Like, oh, there's a couple that. of weird looking dudes around me that were really jamming out and couldn't believe it, but I don't know what that well, is, and started, I don't like it. But nobody thought 100,000 Years was a hit, and they played that. That's true, and it was awesome. Mm, it was all right. <laughs> all right. Keep going. Yeah. Number seven. Here's one I can agree with. It didn't make my top five, but I think seven's pretty good. Metallica made rock history when they played at Moscow's Tushino Airfield on September 28, 1991, as part of the Monsters of Rock 91. It was supposed to be the first free show to feature international rock stars in Russia. It also broke a personal record for the band. More than a million people turned up to see them play, making it their highest attended concert to date. Mm. Can't argue with Metallica. Like over the years, you talk about their whole thing. Even in these later years, where they're kind of a shadow of what they used to be, they're still great live, and they're great live, and they make it up in a stage show. Mm -hmm. Where back then, even when they were raw, and it was just them up on stage, there was so much power and excitement and everything wrapped up into that. I think Metallica ranking right up there in the top ten. That's pretty good. That is really good. I love them. I, I do too. I, you know, they they've earned their spot for sure. Most definitely, seven might even be a little low. I don't know. Mm, I think that's about right. All right, number six, the Stones. They stopped touring in 2007, but got back on the road in 2012 with their 50 and counting tour to celebrate the band's 50th anniversary and 50 years with members of the original lineup of Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Charlie Watts, and Ronnie Wood. That's not the original line. No, I got that wrong. Hmm. I don't write the articles. I just <laughs> recite them. Um, guests include Mary J. Blige, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Lady Gaga, Florence Welch, and Bruce Springsteen, McTaylor. And uh, he was a member of the Stones. You know this. Everybody knows the Stones. Uh, you can't deny them. I'm not... Not a I, big fan. I, I don't... See, my problem with the Stones was when I first was introduced to the Stones, they were dancing in the street. <laughs> or whatever that video was. Oh, with Jagger and Bowie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that? Dancing in the Street. Yeah, it was Dancing in the Street. That was horrible. That wasn't the Stones, though, I don't think. No, I guess not. That, that was, was Mick like Jagger. Thing. But but still, that was um, like my first introduction to the Stones. Is like, this is terrible. But then, you know, you, I'd hear the old songs on the radio yeah. and think, well, that's pretty cool. And now that I've gotten older and I'm digging into like buying their albums and listening to the deeper cuts on them, there's some deep cuts of the Stone stuff that I love. Yeah, and I, I think mean, it's awesome. I'm just not a giant fan, but um, and they've had longevity some, in concerts, well, man. And Ooh. they've had some pretty mega huge stage shows over there. Yeah, years, so I got to give them that. Um, yeah, I mean they deserve to be in the top ten. I put the Stones right up there for sure. Yeah. All right, number five, Australian rock band ACDC started touring in the mid-70s and continues to perform today, um, or will be performing again soon from what I read recently. 
with Brian Johnson back. One of their biggest tours was the 20-month Black Ice Tour, which saw them return to Argentina for the first time in 13 years. Three dates in Buenos Aires formed the basis of their concert movie ACDC Live at the River Plate. Those fans were as crazy as they've ever been, said guitarist Angus Young of the Argentine audience. ACDC, man, you got to put them right up there. For oh, sure. sure. They were on my also ran list. They, yeah. they almost made my top five. I always think about the giant inflatable Rosie. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know what? That was a live album. I think what was it just ACDC Live back then? The the one that came out in like the early 90s? I think so. That was huge. Oh, that yeah. was a huge album when that came out because it was a live greatest hits, yeah. ACDC. And to be honest with you, thinking back around that time, there weren't too many people I knew that didn't own that. Mm-hmm. I owned it, you know, and it had everything on it. Yeah. And they're... Powerful. I, could, I almost could have traded out... Van Halen for them. They, they yeah. were kind of interchangeable for me. So, I mean, they, yeah, they were definitely really high on my list. I mean, because you get it all, I mean, and that's even including going back and the stuff we see on the internet nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God for the internet because otherwise we wouldn't even know about half of these concerts or half of these bands or if they're good live or not because mm-hmm. we never had a chance to see it. But the energy, the style, the just everything about the Bon Scott-led era, mm-hmm. and then even into today's era where these guys are getting up there in age, too. But, I mean, Angus is still out there doing the schoolboy yeah, thing. He's all over the place. And, you know, Brian Johnson still gets up there, and just you almost feel the vibrations coming oh, yeah. off the guy when he's singing. Yeah, you got to put ACDC right up there. Yeah, that's well-deserved. Top five? I don't think so, but real close, close. to it. Yeah. All right, so that brings us up to their number four. British rockers The Who have toured regularly since 1960, but one gig in particular stands out for lead guitarist Pete Townsend, and that was the band's 1970 Valentine's Day show at the University at Leeds. In front of 2,000 fans, the, the band played staggering 38 songs, wow. including version of My Generation that lasted for almost 15 minutes. Oh According to Townsend, it was the greatest audience we've ever played to. Live at Leeds. Oh, man. Yeah, The Who. I just remember seeing like my Uncle Bruce watching videos of The Who of them smashing the, gu- the guitars mm-hmm. and kicking over the drum kit and all that and just being kind of blown away by it. Like, wow, you know? Yeah. And then as you grow up and you kind of get a better grasp on you know rock music history, mm-hmm. you realize how outrageous doing something oh, yeah. like that was at that time, you know, and how... They were more than just a band standing up on stage mm-hmm. playing songs. They had personas. They had, yeah. you know, each member. Again, we talk about how rare that is in a band to have somebody where you look, go see a band or you have a favorite band, but everybody's got their favorite member. And yeah. the who kind of falls oh, totally. into that. Yeah. And so I think the great songs, the craziness on stage, the unpredictability of what might happen, all of that mixed together. Yeah. Out of all these old school bands, the only thing that hurts them is the fact that it was shorter lived. Yeah. I think well, their, heyday. Their, their heyday was yeah. was cut way short. And the stuff they've done <clears throat> since then, yeah, they makes up for it in stage shows, kinda like KISS. Yeah. You know, you where you lose a step or you lose crucial elements of it along the way, which KISS can totally relate to that as well. Right. You know, where you kinda mask all that with this awesome stage show but like kiss they had it before then mm-hmm. and with the stage shows they do nowadays they still kind of got it yeah in their prime they were amazing yeah so yeah they deserve that spot i, I think mean, number not, four not, is pretty good not my top five but they they deserve it on that i can see it makes sense on that list 
All right. Well, this next one's going to knock off my number three, and that's only going to leave me with my number five left. Okay. So for number three on this list and also number three on my list, one of Pink Floyd's most innovative and memorable tours followed the release of their ambitious 1979 album, The Wall. They even built an actual wall in the first half of each show and spent most of the second half behind it, hidden from the audience. The first couple of bricks would terrify people in the front rows, revealed guitarist David Gilmore. The audience would think that we were going to be killed. <laughs> Pink Floyd, I mean, jeez. Live shows, yeah. the whole package, but this airplanes, is, pigs. Yeah, I mean, for a, li- all that for a live show, I get it. But this is kind of like with the way you are with you two, I'm kind of this way with Pink Floyd. Yeah. The stuff I like, I love. But, Pink Floyd kicks you two's but, ass. But there's a lot of stuff. Pink Floyd stuff that just kind of goes over my head. I'm like that too. Yeah. You know, I think so with the Pink Floyd, I guess if I was going to lay a percentage on it, I would say 75 I like. The other 25 yeah, is just way too weird I'm more for 50, me. more 50-50 on it. Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, closer. I respect them. But, but the uh, stuff I like, I really like but they didn't, a lot. They definitely didn't make my, they wouldn't make my top 10 even. No? No. But you got to consider the awesomeness of their the, live concerts. The stage show, like they always yeah. did something awesome. I guess I'm throwing in my opinion on the music also, but I don't know. I mean, and Pink Floyd's not in my top five favorite bands. Maybe my top ten, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would think Pink Floyd would definitely have to at least make the top ten. I've got them at number three. I think they nailed okay. it on this one. So, do you have any left? I have one left. I've got one left also. All right, number two. Led Zeppelin frequently sold out arenas and stadiums around the world during the 60s and 70s. In the U.S., they played Madison Square Garden more than any other venue. Their three-night stint at the Garden in July of 1973 eventually became a best-selling feature-length film and soundtrack called The Song Remains the Same, featuring fan favorites Black Dog, The Ocean, and Misty Mountain Hop. The overrated. See, my Uncle Bruce had that VHS tape, The Song Remains the Same, and I remember watching it a lot when I was younger, but I was into bands like Kiss and Motley Crue yeah. and these bands that, you know, and Motley Crue you'd have to put right up there that really have some stage shows, some presence. They're moving around. They're doing stuff. You know, things are happening. It's not just guys standing mm-hmm. on stage playing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was part of why I didn't really get into Zeppelin. It was because they just kind of stood around on stage playing. They didn't. There was nothing spectacular about yeah, it. I don't. You know, I know people think Led Zeppelin's the greatest hard rock band of all time. I know a lot of people think that. And, you know, your opinion is yours, just like these opinions are ours. But... I mean, yeah, they had a lot of great songs, a lot of great songs. Mm -hmm. But as far as a live experience, if you were, I think I kind of look at it like if you didn't know anything about the music Mm -hmm. and you were taken to a show and you were taken to all these shows. And at the end of the day, and somebody asked you which one was the best, I think 99% of the people would say Kiss. I would think so. Not knowing, not having any prerequisition to, well, this is my favorite band, or I love these songs, or I love the songs by this band, or I'm a big fan of that. If you had no nothing to compare it to, I think Kiss walks away with it almost every time. I agree. And Zeppelin then drops way, way down from number two. I've seen a lot of live footage of Zeppelin. I'm not that impressed, I'm honest. I'm a great, amazing band, love most of their material, but... Live, I, I mean, I'm not going to put them anywhere close to my top five. I think that kind of comes again as, you know, if you love the music, then, yeah, it's going to be a great experience. 
but you're not going to get nothing extra, extra it's special just some with it. Dim lighting. They don't and I'm sure there's, having much of a there's show. people out there screaming right now. You don't need all that extra stuff. It's lead freaking Zeppelin, and, and, and point, that's point, true. You know, point taken. But this is our top five, not yours. And I think enough's enough in that instance should be number two. Oh boy, because they have all great songs. <laughs> I go to the concert. They play a bunch of songs. Are I love they in them your all. top five? No. Oh, okay. They could be. <laughs> all right. All right. Number one. It's not my number five. Okay. I wonder if it's yours. If, but, what I, do you got? I have um, the number. I think my number four is what's left. Okay. So, so here, here's their number one. Yeah, my number four. Since the death of Freddie Mercury in 1991, Queen's remaining members, Brian May and Roger Taylor, John Deacon left the band in 97, have toured with vocalist Paul Rogers and Adam Lambert. Of course, there's only one Freddie Mercury, but Lambert has impressed fans and critics alike for embracing his role without trying to replace the original frontman. Notably, Lambert's first American Idol audition, he was a runner-up on the show's eighth season, and he did Bohemian Rhapsody. That's my number four. That's your number four is Queen? Queen is my number four. (sighs) You dude, I mean, (sighs) just, I don't know. Who gives a shit about Adam Lambert? I'm not talking about right, him. Right, no. But that's Yeah, that's misleading. Queen, I guess whoever read this yeah. probably knows more about Adam Lambert than they do Queen. Queen, Queen with Freddie Mercury, an untouchable live band. Uh, but is it the band or is it just Freddie Mercury? Well, musically the band, but Freddie was the one really you know putting on the show. But And I know we said the same thing about Aerosmith, but I don't know. Freddie was just such a damn showman. And his vocals were just so on point that even if you don't watch any Queen stuff, watch the Live Aid footage. Right. That's an amazing know. performance. I, I mean, saw this at number one and I thought, well, I would put it at number one. Some, so I somebody, put it at number four. Somebody just watched the Queen movie yeah, before that, they wrote this. That's totally not why they're in my top five because I've liked them for a long time. Or um, live at Wembley Stadium in 1986, they did a full headlining concert. Watch that concert and watch the crowd response. It's magical. It's fucking magical. I mean, and I'm not the, the I'm not the biggest Queen fan in the world either. They're, You're the biggest I, Queen fan I know. Am I really? Yes. Oh, there's a lot bigger Queen fans than me, but no, dude, they were an amazing live act with him, and uh, yeah, just on the on the energy of Freddie Mercury alone, easily. Yeah, they made my top four. I had no no qualms putting them hmm. in the top five. Interesting, but not not number one. No. no. Okay, so that covers all of yours. Yes, all mine are done. All of mine except for one. So that means one of my bands did not make this list. Yeah, Let it's me... Guar, man. Are you serious? Guar. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess that. I mean, it's an unforgettable concert. Right. Guar is my number five on my list because, man, nobody puts on a stage show like Guar. I mean, there's so much going on. Like the music is almost secondary, but I also it is secondary. But I but I also love the music, yeah. so it works out great. You All know. Right. So if you're there and you're a fan of the music. It's the best thing you ever seen. Yeah. But if you're there, even if you don't know the music, you're That's either going to go, oh, my God, this music's insane. Yeah. But then so is everything else. Just don't wear anything you want to keep. No, no. I got, <laughs> I've got somewhere, I mean, maybe in one of these boxes in here, I've got an old white T-shirt that's just all stained up. Or No, it was a bandana. I wore a white bandana that night on purpose. Right, to get it all And blended. get it all stained up. And I got a funny picture of me and my wife looking like zombies because mm. we, we are just splattered with all these different colors. I've seen Guar Live a bunch of times. Mm. And, man, you know, if... If Guar was only able to have the money to do what Kiss does, right? Oh, oh what would it be? Oh, it'd be it'd be insane. It'd be scary. It'd be it's scary, <laughs> insane, man. It'd be awesome. I get it. I would love it. I, it makes sense. I mean, especially for a live concert. 
So just so much going on at a Guar concert. And if you've never seen Guar, I mean, yes, we lost Odorous Urungus, but they still are going on and they're still doing it in Guar fashion, you know. So you're, you still have the opportunity to go see Guar and see absolutely one of the best live bands of all time. Right. Way better than Zeppelin. So I've got a secondary list real fast. Okay. I've, so th- these are bands that didn't make the list? Sort of. Um, okay. Well, some did. But no, it's basically like, because when, when you came to me with the idea, you wanted to do like what we think overall were the best yeah. five live acts. So that includes, you know, Queen I never saw, Van Halen before 1984 I never saw. Right. You know, Iron, Iron still haven't seen Iron Maiden live. But I. But these are like, you know, we've seen all the videos goes over the saying. years. Yeah. So, but I did a top five of bands that I've witnessed. Okay. So. My number two and one are Alice Cooper and Kiss, of course. Right. But my number five, and this is very recent, The Struts. Really? They played the Basement East, and they did a three-night stand here. I only went to one of the shows, but it was fucking start-to-finish, high-energy, just straight-up crowd participation, great rock and roll. And even if you listen to their album, you listen to their albums, you might be like, oh, that sounds so, too poppy for me. But they crank the guitars up live. Yeah. And they're basically a hard rock band live. Huh. But it was the energy of a Queen show, basically. Like the singer, uh, Lucas something, I can't remember his last name. But he's channeling Freddie Mercury. Yeah. I mean, it's... And he's just... He will not allow you to not clap. Like, he will... He just... It's almost like, and this is another band that should have made my list, Twisted Sister. You know, oh, totally. Dee Snyder yeah. would basically abuse the audience to get them into the into yeah. the show. Twisted Sister should have been on that list but somewhere. The Struts and had Priest. the Struts had that type of energy. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of millennials rocking out when they probably have never before, and it That's was awesome. That's it, good. It, it felt like I was like, oh god, there's actually hope. Because like it was it was that good. Yeah, I was that's cool. I was completely blown away. I did not expect them to be that good live. So that's well, it's nice to get that out of a yeah. new band. That's my number five. My number four, the Scorpions. Yeah, I saw the Scorpions open for Motley Crue at Starwood in 1999, I think. Yeah, and Motley had, I think it was Randy Castillo playing drums, but the Scorpions opened the show and just fucking kicked ass. I mean, one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And everyone was blown away by it. Like, you know, they, they play all the songs perfectly. The light show was amazing. They run around like crazy people. Yeah. I was, I did not expect them to be that good. And, hmm, and Motley cool. Crue could not follow them. Right. Motley Crue was awful. Maybe um, that's part of the reason why Motley Crue didn't make this list when oh. surely you would think that Motley Crue would be in the top 30 somewhere. Motley Crue shirt right it's now. It's cool as I hell. Lo- I love the band, but live not so much yeah, back um, in their day yeah you know but then again if you look at it as a whole you know motley Crue kind of dropped off as a live act yeah. at a certain point and then for number three this band went in and out of my top five while i was doing the list over and over again and they probably should have made my top five pantera oh yeah pantera when they were in their prime no one could touch them they were just basically four bad motherfuckers on stage right and it was almost like electricity came out of their yes. mouths and out of their instruments and electrified the crowd. Oh, I mean, look at some of the old videos of Pantera. Look at the crowd. Look at the reaction. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah, Pantera should definitely be on that list somewhere. Just to, yeah, I mean, like they could channel emotion straight out of their instruments. It was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I one of the had most a chance to see Pantera. Oh, man, I sure wish oh, I could have. One of the well, best except bands. for at Ozfest that year, but that's a little different. That was it's near, like a festival late, thing. Late in the game too, right? Yeah. But yeah, they, I saw them twice, and amazing both times. And 
Yeah, they they I kept slotting them in and out of the top five. So, yeah. uh, and also another one, honorable mention or two honorable mentions. Tesla is one of them. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, let's because that was never a seen a bad Tesla one. show. No, let let's look at the VIPs because the VIPs gave yeah. us a pretty good list well, too. And here. my last one I want to mention is Corn. I saw Corn three times back in the day, and they were amazing live. Even if you don't like Corn, they had an incredible live show. All right, so we asked our VIPs because we always talk to our VIPs. Wow, we got a bunch more comments on here too. Um, let's see, Ken Tucky, he was the first one. He said uh, the first one that comes to mind for him is the incredible Dio. Yeah, the Sacred Heart tour was one I will never forget. And Ronnie James Dio sounds as good live as he does on the records. That's true. Um, <laughs> Chad Pollock, we're going to make him mad. He well, he picked Clutch, Clutch which I would a, I'd have to put right up there. He also picked Pink Floyd, which I did put right up there. But he also picked Grateful Dead. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> sorry, dude. Hope you still listen to us. <laughs> VIP subscription canceled. Yeah, no shit. Leon Noseworthy says Tesla. They bring it every time. Love him. Ken J. West, our newest VIP. He says from his concert going experience, he'd say Kiss, Alice Cooper, Metallica, White Snake, Iron Maiden. Mm. That's a pretty good list right there. Honorable mention, although he's never seen him live in person, but he's heard him live several or heard and seen several live performances. Hawkwind. Yeah, I don't know too much about Hawkwind. Well, something I have to look into. Mark Alden Taylor says Rush, Kiss, Metallica, Sticks, Priest. Sticks. Priest is one that should definitely be on that list for sure. Yeah. And sticks, you know, love them or hate them, they've always had a good live show. Mr. Roboto. Uh, Ross J. Feichert says, YNT, Tesla, and Boston. Those picks do not surprise me at all from him. Yeah, they're all good picks, too. David Glynn says, Rush, Maiden, Metallica. Can't argue that. Scott Smith says, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Rush, and Van Halen. Mm. Talked about all them. Sonny Pooney, our man, Hollywood. He says, Alice Cooper, Prince, David Lee Roth. During mm. the Eat 'em and Smile era, great band and Iron Maiden. Mm. Uh, Victor Ruiz wants to examine the question <laughs> and take and analyze it too much and never really give an answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's Victor. Mark Starsky says Trans Siberian Orchestra. They don't spare a dime in their production, and the musicians' musicianship is great. Yeah, you can't deny that. I mean, that's a whole experience in itself. Also, Iron Maiden, Metallica, and Motley Crue, maybe not the best musicians, or and live singing was usually hit or miss, but the production and stage shows were always over the top. I think uh, Good stage yeah, show. definitely. Paul Korn says, no one's mentioned Pantera yet. Man, what a show. Yeah, we did. did. Uh, James Nicholson says, Dan Baird in the Georgia Satellite Days. Absolutely cracking live band. Great band. Um, Brad Kelmanson. Kiss, Maiden, Cooper, Rush, Queen. Yep. See, we've we've got that all covered. covered. All. Uh, David Hudson, D. Hood. He says Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Tesla, Van Hagar. Oh, David. Van Hagar. Van Hagar. And Def Leppard. Oh boy. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree, buddy. Okay. Um, and then finally, our good friend Gregory Muse. He says Kiss, Maiden, Heart, Scorpions, Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio. All good picks. Those are all awesome picks. We'll we'll even respect your Grateful Dead. Yeah, and your Van Hagar. And your Van Hagar. So that was fun today, huh? Yeah. We just kind of got to take a look at a bunch of different stuff. We figured out. So what was your top five? My top five is number five, Guar. Number four, Maiden. Number three, Pink Floyd. Number two, Alice Cooper. Number one, Kiss. Uh, Number five, Maiden. Number four, Queen. Number three, Van Halen pre-84. Number two, Alice Cooper. Number one, Kiss. See, those are pretty good top five lists right there, I think. We nailed it. But you know what? That article was pretty cool. I kind of like the way it was written up and everything. Um, 
they had more stuff in there that didn't anger me than than did. So right, I'm so glad Nirvana wasn't stuck in there. Still a couple of moments of outrage. Yeah. I could give a shout out. Like I said, that came from thedelight.com. It was written by Claire Gillespie. So mm-hmm. if you want to check that out, do it. Those are our show notes for that. Yeah, interesting to go over it, though. Yeah, Yeah. pretty cool. So it's fun to talk about this stuff because I know it's going to inspire you guys to talk about it. And, you know, we've already talked about it with our VIPs. So, of course, go on over to our Facebook page. Just look it up, Decibel Geek Podcast. Make sure you give it a like and then get in on the conversation. So when this episode drops, we always do our big release, you know, with the show notes and all that good stuff on Facebook. But what we want is your comments. What are your top favorite live bands Mm -hmm. of all time? You know, what do you, who do you? you think are the best you yeah. know and i'm sure everybody's list is going to be a little different i'm sure some of our lists are going to be a lot the same so it'll be interesting to see how that comes out yeah we love to get the feedback yep check us out at decibelgeek.com great stuff going on over there decibel geek tv on youtube rocket ron man he's the he's the king of freaking denver right now yeah he is. he's putting it together out there Yes. We're all going to have to move to Denver if this keeps we up. Are. All of us everyone <laughs> okay. everyone listening i'll see what my wife says we're all moving to denver now Thanks, Ron. Ron's moving to Nashville. I doubt that. Yeah. Because then everybody's got to move to Nashville. We all have to move in one place and take it over. Once I win the power. Decibel Geek Town. That'll be great. That'll work for me. Kiss t-shirts everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was fun. I guess just play something cool live on the way out. Maybe, maybe, Maybe some Kiss. Why not?
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.